Welcome to Man Shopping with Stacy, where I share my brutally honest dating and life experiences for your amusement and inspiration. I'm spreading a little joy and happiness to singles like me a little later in life, sharing tips and ideas for how you too can find more joy. I'm your host, Stacy Weimer, and you're listening to episode 42. I'll have what they're having. Can men and women be friends? Ah, the age-old question, posed with a nod to a cult classic, When Harry Met Sally. (laughs) I can't take credit for this episode title, nope. My friend Eric Reed named this show, and you are about to listen to a conversation between us. Just a couple of friends. Okay, so I'm here with my friend Eric, and we are going to dive into this hot topic of can men and women just be friends? And funny enough, I mean, we are just friends, (laughs) and we were actually introduced to one another through a mutual friend, but also through Divorced Over 40. So Eric, would you like to speak to that? Maybe give a little introduction on who you are and how we met. Sure. So uh, my name is Eric and I am uh, in my mid 40s and uh, recently went through a divorce. It's uh, almost coming up on a year now is April. And um, around the time that this started playing out, uh, a mutual friend of ours mentioned that Stacy was uh, a, a big part of this group, Divorced Over 40. And I was like, I don't know, but I guess I'll check it out. <laughs> and as I looked into it, I'm like, oh, this this mission seems really interesting. It's not really about dating. It's really more about people and their experiences and kind of coming together and finding support in that and uh, having people to talk to and, and find your tribe, so to, th- so to speak. So I uh, r- really enjoyed that. And then getting to know Stacy has been phenomenal. So uh, glad to be here. I have two ki- two young kids in elementary school. Um, got a new house, um, continuing with the same job that I started right before or right as the pandemic really kicked in in March, uh, April, May 2020. So there you go. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. And I didn't realize you're just coming up on a year. So I have been so incredibly impressed watching you navigate life over the past, you know, um, what has it been? Maybe eight months, maybe that we've known each other, something like that. Um, You've really just um, done everything with poise and grace and embraced kind of your new status, I think, from, you know, from my point of view. And it's just been a joy kind of watching you come into your own and find happiness despite, you know, the the hard stuff that we all go through as we um, come out of divorce. So, well, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for your introduction. And I am lucky enough to have some help on this podcast episode, and I am so grateful for it. I usually put an outline together, but Eric put together a beautiful one. So we're going to kind of work off of some topics. And the first thing that Eric sent me, which I just love, is the movie When Harry Met Sally. I mean, that's the whole premise, right? So I... It, to me, it's it's just that's always been one of my favorite uh, love stories, and the way they open it up with interviews with with couples and all of their anecdotes and stories is, uh, you know, the chemistry between the two of the the main actors is fantastic. It is fantastic, but I have to admit that this is what I remember. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's like the only scene. Like I was eleven. I looked it up when it came out. And I'm like, oh my god, that's my takeaway from the whole movie. I had to like refresh my memory on what the whole plot was. 
Because <laughs> Stacy, I don't know about that. I think uh, that's its own episode in and of itself. <laughs> right? <laughs> right there. <laughs> so the obviously the storyline of the movie is this whole topic of can men and women just be friends? And what does that really look and feel like when you're in the midst of it? Is sex always some sort of underlying tension or, you know, guiding light in the relationship, or is it not a factor at all, you know, sometimes, or is, you know, how, how does it relate to both men and women? So that's why you're here, obviously, is to share your own perspective and your own experiences, as I clearly can only speak from mine. And I love it that the next topic that you have down is siblings, because I have an older brother and you I have, have a, uh, I have an older brother and a younger sister, so I am definitely a middle. Mm-hmm. And so growing up for me with an older brother, I, I mean, I am so glad that I grew up as a little sister because he taught me, you know, a complete different perspective of the world and opened my eyes. I joke to things like when we were kids, like Beavis and Butthead and Metallica (laughs) and like lighting things on fire and gross jokes and made me tough. He you know, so this is why you get along stomach. so well with, with men, right? Maybe. I think so. I mean, I seriously, I just said on another podcast, I seriously grew up riding dirt bikes, playing with, you know, fake guns. And I mean, that's my childhood and like playing wiffle ball and, you know, rough and tumble kind of stuff. But as I did grow up with a bunch of boys and my, you know, my brother and his friends, I got to say it did start getting weird, you know, come middle school and high school. And yeah, there was some, there was some tension between his friends and me, <laughs> He gotcha. was, you know, cause we were in school together. Well, the way I was looking at it from the, the sibling aspect is um, really, I didn't wind up, my, my brother was four years older, my sister's four years younger. Um, and I wound up having this situation where I, I got to see how they approached their dating lives um, and, and they were very different and they're both very different from me. So all three of us really have a different approach, I think, to that, which is interesting. Uh-huh. But you, you know, you pick up on those things, you, you internalize them a little bit. But also I pointed out because I have a sister and we are, you know, it's a man and a woman. Right. right. Obviously, yeah. I don't have any sexual chemistry <laughs> there. Right? right. So obviously there's one example. Um, That's but a then, great example. If, if we take that to the next level, also, you got to pull your focus back possibly and, and think about this, not just from your own perspective and maybe a um, social majority perspective or whatever. But, you know, from from lesbian, gay community, bisexual, whatever this whole assumption that all men and women are going to have uh, an ingrained sexual attraction uh, uh, against that, those lines is kind of bogus, right? That's, that's sure. I think so. Place. So, you know, is, is that to say that lesbians can't be friends with other women or gay men can't be friends with other men that aren't gay? I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a little bit of a, a weird proposition to assume that, but I understand also I agree. From, mm-hmm. because there is, some sexual tension in a lot of male, female, or, or those types of um, cross attraction uh, relationships. Totally. I love that. So whenever I thought of the dynamic of siblings, I instantly thought, well, my brother and I are really close. So yes, that is a valid, you know, pure friendship. And, and the experiences that I went through with him as kids and now as adults, I'm, you know, I just love the the lessons that he's taught me and, and the things that we've shared in life together on such a, you know, obviously like a loving, deep 
relationship um, is proof positive. Same with, you know, other family members and things like that. But then the idea of like watching him navigate romantic relationships, you know, to your point was much different than how I did as well. And I do recall a time in high school when my brother totally got his heart broken. Yeah. And he was incredibly upset and brokenhearted. And you want to know what I did? What did you do? I called the girl. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. You know you did. <laughs> I did. I was like, what have you done to my brother? How dare you? <laughs> and I didn't like call her names or like go off on her. But I was like, what happened? I need to know. He can't talk, you know. But I just felt felt that pain for yeah. him, you know, that... Oh, that you would, that I like am worried for my daughter now. You know what I mean? That yes. you love someone so much. It hurts so hard. You know, it hurts so much to see them hurting. Yeah. Did you experience any of that? You had some, some, um, a bigger gap in between the like, ages yeah. of your brother and sister too. Like I said, we all had very different, I think, approaches to dating and, mm-hmm. uh, and mindset. Um, I don't know how much I should get into it, but it's, they're just different approaches. We'll, yeah. we'll leave it at that. Um, no, I, get so it. I think what, what I learned was a little more peripheral. Um, obviously you, you still care deeply about um, your siblings as you see them go through different types of hard things um, and how they learn from it and move mm-hmm. on. My sister actually went through a divorce uh, years ago and it, it was pretty difficult uh, mm-hmm. divorce. And um, that was one of the first experiences I would say that I had um, in my family, real close like that. Um, I've had a few on the, on the outside, I guess, a little bit more, but um, that was something that I learned from. And, and it was interesting to be able to talk to her later after going through my own divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was really kind of gave me a new perspective that I didn't have. And I was really grateful for that as well. Um, and, and I've learned a lot of things from my brother's relationships. He, he's kind of had, in some ways, a, a blended family um, without being divorced. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, you know, there's a lot of really great takeaways that you can get from people. And one thing I would say now having gone through divorce is that it is really hard to understand it when you're kind of sheltered from it. Um, I, I don't feel like I uh, had a really negative stigma, but I always mm-hmm. felt like, oh gosh, that's too bad. And right. you, don't, you don't know the, the circumstances and sometimes it is, oh gosh, too bad. But yeah. Uh, but it's just now having gone through it and having some people that I was really able to lean on and, and get support from, I, I understand how much, uh, how important that can be. So if you've got those friends in your life going through those types of things, just trying to be there for them can be uh, hugely important. I think that's a really good point. I think in our society, especially in the United States, our tendency is to feel pity. Oh, I'm right. so sorry for you. When sometimes it's like good for you, like that right. was the right decision to be healthy and happy and whatever. But we rarely congratulate people in the United States. Well, there's, there's you know, also that. Um, well, who did what? Who who messed? Yeah. This up? Oh, blame. You know, I didn't even know this was a thing. Well, oh my gosh, that's shock. You know, and um, you know that may be part of it, but uh, I. You don't want that to be the whole thing. You don't want your, your whole reaction to go, ooh, what happened there? You yeah, <laughs> give me the like, scoop. I feel yeah. for you. Uh, hopefully it was good. Maybe it wasn't, but I'm here for you if you if you need it. I think that's really great takeaways. And sometimes we do kind of have to learn from our own experiences or those really close from us to know how to be able to serve and help others. So, Absolutely. I mean, 
we're we're all still. I mean, if you're like me, you're still learning every day about this stuff. So not me. Um, I figured out. Right, you got. <laughs> you're an kidding. expert just now. Just kidding. <laughs> if you have any questions about healing from divorce, just call Eric. He's got no, no. answers. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I know you're joking. Uh, yeah, right. And you don't want that either, because we all we all have a gazillion questions and things we're still working through, right? Yeah. So um, next on the list to talk about are exes. So we could talk about this in the frame, you know, of um, or reference of, you know, past husbands for me, wife for you, or just ended relationships, right? So do you have anything you want to contribute on this front? Well, so I was looking at it originally from this lens of can men and women be friends? And I guess where my head goes immediately is, um, am I dating someone or, uh, you know, married to someone, some sort of significant relationship? And then I have these female friends and is that okay? Right. So that's, that's my, immediate yeah. thing. I have run into this many times because I do have female friends, uh, and, and I think pretty much always have. And yeah. so what I immediately think of is well, what situation does that put that other person in this assumption of monogamy and this sort of what does that look like and are you threatening them and under what circumstances is it okay and so on um so i think there's a little bit of this um well hey the itch has already been scratched we're exes it's all good um but then is it really always the itch has totally been scratched i mean is there any right. left over maybe it could happen yeah. and so i could see that sort of sexual tension causing frustration and insecurity for people um but i also have always had this really strong fr- uh, a feeling um that even within monogamy we need to chill out all right like like mm-hmm. don't be trying to tell me who i can be friends with and i'm Agreed. not going to do that with you um i always go back to this idea i'm sure a lot of people don't think it holds water but would you tell your friend whom they could be friends with right would you say no 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 i don't like joe you better not be friends with joe that is baloney right, right. no you're not like that's bullshit no you're not telling me that i can't be friends with this other person right now, if we need to talk about ground rules or what is going to make you comfortable or, you know, what feels like disrespect to you. Those are all legitimate conversations, but Agreed. I don't think it's okay to tell somebody that they can't be friends with someone, even if they had a relationship with them before that was romantic or what have you, or, or a serious committed relationship. So that's one. Of the I things- love that angle that you're going with this conversation because it comes up a lot. And obviously with people who um, I think it comes up maybe more later in life, I may, or maybe okay. Let's put let's put it this way. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that back. I think it happens when we're young, when we're in high school, and we're insecure and jealous, and still learning. Mm-hmm. And then I think it these issues um, could have a tendency to creep back up as adults when we again have been hurt and you know what I mean, and um, we're feeling insecure or unsure of ourselves or navigating these new waters. I think it all kind of. I really do think I'm living through my teenage years again sometimes because all the same shit just keeps coming back. Um, But I, to your point, have caught myself a time or two. Um, Like, let's say I have not been, as you know, in any super deep, meaningful relationships. My rebound was as close to that as I've come. And since then, I've just dated. Mm -hmm. So even as I have just been in these, um, you know, fairly short, lived, you know, dating relationships, I have found myself in text messages or in conversation, making a point to tell a man, 
Like, oh, I have a happy hour to go to. Oh, it's with my girlfriend. You know what I mean? Or or like, so that he doesn't wonder. And then I'm like, why do I do that? Because I do hang out with a lot of guys too. Not that I go to like one-on-one happy hours a lot with other men just for, you know, but, but as part of a group or whatever. But it is funny that I have felt the need to kind of preface it as to not, um, you know, make them have any concern or anything right. when I don't owe them anything to begin with. I mean, there's that, that, that social construct, that social norm of uh, getting to monogamy as soon as possible, I think, is uh, is a pretty common thing in, in our society. So, uh, yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, that's all I've ever lived. And so it's very hard for me to, like, remind myself where I'm at right now. Like, yeah. Stacy, you're not in a relationship. You're not in love with anyone. Like you can do whatever you want. Just because you went on two dates with someone doesn't mean that you have to explain yourself. Um, but it is something I've seen in other people's relationships, marriages, mm-hmm. and just relationships that they're threatened by, you know, a friendship. And those, you know, I think it's very telling of probably an unhealthy relationship when that occurs. Um, that someone would worry about a friendship, you know, because typically if you're in a a great relationship, you don't have those concerns or try to put those limitations on the other person. Do you think? Yeah, I um, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. That's for sure. It it's very interesting. Well, I mean, you said like who would do that? Like, what kind of friend would tell you you can't be friends? I knew girls in high school that wanted to be monogamous, you know, like, and it wasn't always with me, but sometimes I was the peripheral friend. Like, Hey, do you want to do a sleepover tonight? And they're like, Oh, so-and-so will be pissed if she doesn't get invited too. you know, (laughs) I'm like, well, she can't be your only friend. Oh, she tries to be, you know, I mean, there are those people out there. Um, yeah. And in fact, my daughter had a friend that that treated her that way. And it brought up my old wounds from my childhood. And I was like, uh, 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 no, uh-uh, you're going to take a little break. You're going to take a little break from that girl because that's not OK. Like <laughs> right. she can't she can't dictate who you hang out with. Absolutely. I, I just I think at some point you you realize you get that strength of conviction that you're like, I, I, I'm in this world. I have relationships with people. We're not going to lock that down to where that you don't don't have that anymore. It starts to feel a little culty, right? Yes, exactly. It is right. It's controlling and mind games and drama that no one needs. Um, I would like to move on. What is, what is the story that you want to talk about? Yeah. So yeah. I, some of this story like with the, the ex situation um, I'm thinking about now, can men and women be friends? Well, what about someone mm-hmm. that you did have a relationship with and then it has since passed out of that phase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. And um so there was uh, someone kind of earlier in my life, and I will call her Chicago. That's where uh, we okay, met. Cool. And uh, things got very serious, and uh, we we dated exclusively, and then uh, we lived together for a little while in Chicago, and then we moved to Italy, where she lived. And um, look at you go. Yeah, I, I've I've uh, gotten around the the global block a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I like it. Live in Europe a few times. So, um, but but anyway, um. I, we were building towards something, you know, and, and it didn't work out ultimately. And Mm -hmm. so we were really deeply connected and um, she was happy to stay friends. And I thought I could do that. And I had done that in many other relationships before, Mm -hmm. but I ultimately found that I couldn't, my heart was just uh, too broken. Uh, I was, I was too hung up 
um, on that, uh, what I call the cloud in the sky. This is a phenomenon I've now experienced a couple of times in my life where you both were at least at one point building towards this thing that you saw and you're constructing this life together that you see as completely real yeah. and you're in it together. But then at some point your paths start to diverge and then it officially diverges and you realize that that, that castle is not going to be finished being built. Oh, right. Yeah. And and so, and then you're like, but no, that's my castle. That's that, that was it. That's where we were going. Yep. And, uh, and so there's just this sort of disconnect and um, I, you know, identity shift where you're trying to figure out, okay, who am I am now without that? Or who am I now without that? And uh, what does that look like? And so when you have that, it's hard to, to keep just being friends. And I think you got to have some, some distance. No, I think I know where you're going with this because how do you, after you've imagined this future together, how, how do you take that out of the equation and just live with reality when you've built up a dream? Especially when you're still interacting with them, right? So I, I, because you, you're trying to be friends, you, you're like, we had such a great thing. Okay, it's not going to be life together as a you know married couple or whatever. But oh, we have so much together, so much history, and we clearly you know supported each other, and, and we could still have that and, and share that together. But it, when you're still in the phase of being wrapped up in this other vision, I think it's just too hurtful. It's too hard to separate those things. Uh, too painful. So. I, I do understand when sometimes people say, no, I, I can't just be friends. Just friends is not good enough. I've heard that before. Yeah. I've said that before. So I totally sympathize and empathize with that. It's a different, I think, angle on can men and women be friends because it's not about, oh, shit, I can't be friends because I want to bang this person so right. bad. Whatever. It's more like I can't be friends with you right now because I'm too much invested in, in what, yeah. we, what we had and what we thought, what I thought and what we at one point maybe both thought we were going to share together. Oh, I've only seen that play out in rom-coms in my life. <laughs> I've never, I've never experienced it because whenever my, my important, you know, long-standing relationships have ended, it's been like a clean break pretty yeah. much. And I don't know, in some cases, maybe that's for the best, um, but it is a lovely thought, you know, and I, and I have, you know, really taken a liking to several men that I've gone out on dates with and stuff and kind of been able to keep in touch with them or kind of see their life kind of play out, you know, through social media and stuff. And it is a gift, you know, to be able to kind of keep tabs on somebody that you care about in whatever way, even if it, if it is just something that, you know, a, a, a short lived dating relationship, you still are a little bit invested and, I, I'm really, that's how my, my brain and my heart work. No, absolutely. That's kind of where I would pivot to next is I do have a number of um, relationships I can think of. Like I said, that where I have kept in touch with exes as friends, mm -hmm. um, somebody I'll call Wichita, somebody I'll call Prague, somebody I'll call high school. These are just quick yeah. names, but uh, um, you know, these are all people that I've kept in touch with in uh, greater or lesser extents, or it might be cyclical where we, mm -hmm. we actually meet up um, once or once in a while, or it's more, like you said, social media, keeping in touch, uh, following what they're doing or an occasional text message when something happens in their life or vice versa. Um, but those are all nice to have because you have these shared experiences with people that right. go way back and um, there's that connection. And when things end, but just because, you know, just because it wasn't, it's not you, it's me, whatever, you know what I mean? And you still really care about the person. It's a wonderful thing to be able to continue that. 
and without expectation of anything of getting back together or or whatever, which I think maybe that's a, a big reason why a lot of people do make a clean break because they don't want they want to make it very clear. <laughs> you know what I mean? One or the other person just is like, no, we are we are over because they don't trust that the other person doesn't have intentions. Yeah. You know, um, well, do you want to talk? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to kind of play off of, I guess, a little bit of both of these situations. So the first person I talked about, Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after my divorce and I kind of uh, my approach to that at some point was to just post it on Facebook. I was like, this is going to come up repeatedly. <laughs> I'm going to just get it out there. Here's where we are. Uh, just so you know, you know, obviously Facebook's not the only way to disseminate information. Sure, but didn't, didn't get it. But it was also a whole lot of people that I would have never talked to directly that would have heard it through somebody else or not found out about it for years. So it was just uh, it was a good way to, for me, I thought, to just get ahead of it and say, you know, here's here's what's going on. We're both fine people. We're still the same humans you used to know. Um, this is where we're at. And uh, we'll, we'll have a blended family and so on. Um, mm-hmm. But one person that reached out to me was, was Chicago and uh, Chicago was in a new phase of her life. And uh, um, it was really nice to reconnect that way. I think we'd had a couple texts over the years, um, you know, later on, but it was really nice to be able to, to just kind of touch base and and back and forth, nothing huge, but that just still seeing that, yes, even after all these years uh, we we're still friendly. And um, those folks that I mentioned, you know, high school, Wichita, Prague, that that, right. that continue to be in my life off and on in different levels. Um, I remember those being situations I mentioned earlier where you worry about or you realize you have conflict with a current relationship because you still have these other people. So I think I did this multiple times, at least once completely unwittingly, where I just brought my then wife into a experience to meet this person that I used to have a relationship with. And I don't think I, she told me I did not prep her for this. I thought I had mentioned it, but again, <laughs> I get more, it. Yeah. from the point of view that I was like, yeah, but we're just friends. Like, I don't even think of that. It, you right. Know, it's completely innocent. For yeah. me that I need to prep you. Uh, you know, we're going to meet with a bunch of these people and, and she's one of them. All right. And uh, it's going to be great. You're going to like her and, and all these other people as well. But right, right. Uh, you know, to her point, which is also valid. Hey, heads up would have been nice. This made me feel very awkward and and not cool. And uh, you know, you're right. You're fa- that's fair. Absolutely. You so know, that was a point for me. I I can appreciate that learning point. And quite frankly, where we are at in life right now, those awkward situations are going to happen <sighs> because in a lot of instances. You know, everyone's sharing kids with their exes. So if you do, you know, have an extended relationship with someone, you will likely see an ex at a drop off or at an event or hopefully so, you know, Um, and then right then a new journey begins <laughs> of what that looks like <laughs> well the i think the last one i'm thinking about just anecdotally with uh can men and women be friends is uh with my ex with my kids mom um you know i, I was very heartbroken in this situation it was it was tough um for me it was it was kind of unexpected another castle in the cloud situation that had Understood. been in progress for some Aww. time you know yeah. for, for well over a decade and mm-hmm. um and we had two kids together but at the end of the day, especially with with sharing children, there was no choice. I mean, sure, right. we could have been extremely professional only, and there was definitely a point at which I realized I need to get some space here. Mm-hmm. Um, this this has to change. The the heart has to adapt here a little bit. You 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 know intellectually you're moving on logically, but now you got to get your heart to follow. Um, mm-hmm. But at, still, 
this is someone who was in day in and day out for me and supported me all the time. And, and I, for her, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that you don't shut that off completely. So yeah, you can try to be a little more professional, a little bit more distanced um, so that each person can continue with the new version of their lives, the direction, you know, that their, their life is going now, but why wouldn't you want to still have a friendly relationship? Why wouldn't you want to still be able to have funny texts once in a while that you know that each other will enjoy so that the fact that you're going to be parenting together for the rest of your lives, regardless of whether you're in a uh, romantic relationship, you should still be able to, to have that hopefully amicable, amicable situation with them to make it easier, not only for each other, you're going to be working with each other all the time. I right. come to the decision that um, being a, a single parent, a co-parent is not 50% of the work. It's 75% of the work because now you are not only having your kids maybe half the time, but you're also communicating so much more in order to orchestrate. So why not be friends or at least friendly and understand each other from that angle? So I felt I, like I didn't have a choice and I felt like also we have made that that transition pretty well. I commend you for it. And I think that is hashtag goals for everyone. <laughs> yeah, and I know it's not possible in every relationship or certainly not right out of the gate. No, but I love it for the two of you that you are reasonable, logical, kind hearted people who want to get along for the sake of your children and the new state of your family. And it is 100 percent the right thing to do. So after listening to the situation that you're, you know, you and your ex-wife have kind of evolved into, you know, being able to, I'm sure, talk about the kids in a loving way, share sure. stories of what's happened at your homes and keep the communication open because you recognize the benefits as a the new form that your family has taken. And I respect that so much. And I love that for the two of you. And let me tell you, just as a single woman dating single dads, it's exactly what I look for and hope for because it's so less complicated than situations when you meet someone and it's really tumultuous with their ex because I've lived that and I do not want to live it again. So I avoid it like the plague because it's too much. You have firsthand experience of how hard that is to juggle (laughs) if you're relationship becomes intertwined with all that and you care deeply about them and theirs and now you have to deal with some of the drama and again i I don't want to come at this like i think it's so hard to understand how things can get difficult in a relationship and parenting and and then having blended families i I know all of that can bring up so many difficulties and and maybe you didn't have the best chemistry to begin with this happens with people you have the right not the other, or they have this, but not that there's so many ways that things can go wrong. So I, I definitely feel very so lucky. Uh, I mean, it t- took a little evolution to get there, I suppose, but I, well, I lucky. And that's, and it may change and wax and wane over the years too, right. you know, yeah. but, and that's okay. I mean, that's life and that's people. And um, that's, you know, that's part of this, you know? So obviously as I've gone on first or second dates and we've kind of talked through where we're at in life now and what that looks like. And we talk about some of these dynamics with children and exes while I do watch for flags and kind of see, it's also something to kind of take with a grain of salt, especially when things are fresh, because as we just acknowledged, um, it is a journey and things change and evolve and bounce back and forth over the course of time. But I think in general, it typically is everyone's goal, right? To come away from a divorce when you share a child in a manner that if you can't um, be friends and share those sweet moments in life for the sake of your children and be it, 
you know, combined birthday parties, or, you know, maybe that's a stretch goal for some, if you can at least have that business-like, you know, relationship that you kind of mentioned that sometimes you do kind of have to fall back on where we just talk about logistics and finances and things because things got too emotional. I think that's okay too. What you want to avoid is the pure <laughs> hell that can come from two people that despise each other or despise right. you. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And then there's, there's also the effect that I have come to appreciate both logically and real life experience where sometimes you're just going to take these hits that you never see coming. So there's going to be this mm -hmm. cycle. Um, and I've read about this. I've experienced this where, okay, we are in a good place. This is, this is going smooth. This part of my life where these relationships are working, we've got a system, we've got an order. Uh, and then boom, uh, your kid has a preschool graduation and you're like hiding the tears inside your self, yeah, yeah. you know, or whatever, just something where something hits you wrong and you even knew it was going to happen. And then when in the moment it feels different. So totally, that's, that's a struggle that you just have to prepare yourself for, I think, and come to peace with that. That's part of the journey too. You're so right. And sometimes divorce brings out, you know, it, not just divorce itself, but everything you go through in that big transition in life, it brings out qualities and characteristics in your significant other that you never saw coming sometimes and different parts of their personality and character. Yeah. And you're like, wait, you've never been like that as a mother before or a father before. Why, where is this coming from? And then I think another interesting point or dynamic that I have experienced is this disillusionment that I've heard and seen in men's voices when I'm dating them and everything is la la land and it's so fun and exciting and things are going really well. I've had this happen at least two times that I can think of. And they're so, you know, the men that I've dated are so proud of the relationship that they've built or maintained with their ex, you know, their significant other. Oh, we spent Christmas morning together. The kids just love it. And I'm like, uh-huh. It's real easy until one of you gets a new right. significant other, and then it all goes to hell most of the time. I mean, it doesn't always. There right. are plenty of scenarios where three people, you know, can co-parent really well or four people or whatever, but it it definitely gets more complicated when, you know, obviously as you add more personalities and people into the children's lives or test and the waters that could crop up. Yes. Maybe that happens for some humans. I've heard it, of it. I don't it know. It can, it can happen. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately. Well, um, really but, like, oh, go ahead. No, you. No, I was just going to I really liked one of the things that you, you brought up that I, I don't think I had really considered in this way. And that is the new personality facets or traits or things that may occur between you and your ex as parents or as people now. Um, I've been thinking about that a lot from the perspective, you know, maybe selfishly, maybe self-preservation, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, well, I'm in this new world. So what, what do I make of that? What's the plus? So I'm sure I'm exhibiting a lot of new personality traits and, and uh, doing things that, that seem uncharacteristic compared to who I was in that relationship, but I'm sure she is as well. And I have seen some of those things mm -hmm. and it is a little bit of a shock, but then it's also like, well, that's part of why this is happening, right? Is, is there is a need point. to burgeon and grow in different ways. And mm -hmm. we do change who we are, like it or not. Everybody does in a relationship. You have to, to, to try to cater to the relationship and make it grow to at least to some extent. And so it's completely, be completely surprising that both of you will probably change a little. And some of that at least is good. Absolutely. That was so well said, Eric. Really, really, really solid point. It, it's not all bad. Right. And one, one thing that 
that always kind of gets under my skin whenever I'm talking to other people going through separation and divorce is when they start accusing their ex of, well, now he's stepping up. Now he's the dad that he always, you know, that he never right. was before or vice versa. Well, now mm-hmm. she seems to be super involved in basketball. Mm-hmm. She never went to a practice before this, you know, and to your point, how about just be happy for the kids when yeah. the other parent maybe exhibits more interest or develops a deeper bond because it happens a lot. Yeah. It happens. I, I find that a lot of times when a parent gets one-on-one attention or time with the child without the other parent monitoring that relationship or controlling it, things change. And oftentimes it's for the better. That is huge. I agree with that a hundred percent because even in a loving relationship where you have parents and kids that there's usually this dynamic and it's not necessarily intentional, but I saw it in my relationship. I feel like my relationship with my kids has grown up. I feel like I've always been a pretty involved father, but um, I feel like my relationship has grown because when mom was around, it was hard to not see mom was around. Right. And so a lot of attention went there. And so over time or or just my nature, I wasn't as involved because I felt like I couldn't compete sometimes Mm -hmm. um, or I couldn't pull them off mom to do something else or Mm -hmm. this or that. Um, So, I mean, that's just one example, but like you said, there's so many ways that that can come up. It might come up because, oh, wow, I've got 50% of the time or whatever it is. I I have to, I need to make sure that my kids, but I think like you said, a big part of it is that that relationship dynamic has changed and allowed that extra time now without the other parent in the room. And, and that, then you get to focus more on what you are as a parent. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, it's kind of one of those mindset shifts that we can make if we want to. Right. And it sounds like you have, you know, I'm given this amount of time with my kids. I want to make the most of it. And I want to be there for them and all of that instead of, oh shit, what do I do now? I've got them on Wednesday right. night and what am I going to, you know what I mean? Well, like It's make- also really easy to be threatened by the other parent that is, oh crap, they took them to Worlds of Fun or Disney yep. or um, you know, they did this really cool craft thing or, oh my God, now, uh, da, 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 you know, but it, it sh- again, be happy for the kids and recognize that, that that parent is doing awesome things for them that are great memories and great, you know, relationship building. And then you can also do things. It's not about competing. It's just about both being able to have your relationships with your kids. And they know that you're still on the same page, hopefully as a team parenting. Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't have to be totally individualistic. I do my thing. You do your thing. That's it. You know, totally agree. Yeah. And I, I mean, I will say, I, I don't think a lot about Lainey's dad because we don't live closely and now she drives herself to and from. And so like, it's all changed over the years. Um, we have always just had a business relationship, mm-hmm. but I will say over the past few years before Lainey started doing the driving, whenever she was learning to drive, a, 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 like, especially then. So over the last year when she was 15, um, she would drive from my door, you know, our house to um, Starbucks and meet her dad. And then she would get in his vehicle and drive him home, you know, the rest of the way. And he and I kind of struck up that dynamic again, where we, all of our conversation was based on Lainey and how she was doing with her driving, but it felt good and healthy. And who else would know what that felt like teaching her to drive, but him, 
Right. You're you rolling know? in the same direction, even if you have mm-hmm. baggage and history, good and bad. But now it's about something positive that you both share and you both have deep insight into that nobody else really can get on that level. Yes. And I mean, it's kind of ridiculous in a lot of ways that it took us that long and there were other things in play. It's not that we didn't get along. There's just z- like zero communication. It just wasn't even necessary. Like yeah. we, we never argued about anything. It was just like, if there was a request, like, Hey, we want to take her on vacation this week. I would just be like, sure. You know, I mean, that's it. Like we just never but, really but you weren't doing uh cause, cause you were in separate towns. Right. So it yeah. wasn't like you're juggling soccer schedules right. or, you know, recitals or, day to day, it was more, okay, you, you have her this time. I have her this time, two different towns. Yep. So that probably breaks up a little bit of the necessary coordination that can, uh, does can happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. And I mean, in talking to other, you know, local families here, it happened a lot during COVID, like, you know, those boundaries of rules in each other's And maintaining amicable, you know, friendships was put to the test a lot with a lot of people I know, like, well, you know, because there's all this blame involved, like, well, she let somebody come over and then she let her boyfriend stay. And then, you know what I mean? And everything's gotten kind of haywire when you're involved in each other's day to day. But yeah, it's a little bit different in my situation when there's just not the necessity of, you know, um, communicating so frequently, I guess. Well, it's exciting to hear that you shared that because that's that's a huge part of her life. And now mm-hmm. it's part of your shared experience together in her life. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's awesome. I do, too. Thank you. Um, do you want to talk about other friendships? Kind of the next thing on the docket? Um, I, I guess I would just say that, um, you know, going back to the original question, can men and women be friends mm-hmm. or this sort of, you know, possible attraction? Is there always an attraction? I, I'm not sure if I can categorically say in any given male female friendship that I've had that nobody at any time ever right. had any sort of sexual tension back mm-hmm. and forth. Um, because you may know if you do, even if you know, you don't, you don't know if they do for sure. Um, and that's to me, I go back to like, well, maybe it doesn't matter, you know, as long as I love that lines are being philosophy is a great one yep. are involved and changes your, but if lines aren't being crossed, maybe it's okay. Maybe it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, and, and if I they completely agree. <laughs> Some of my most fun friendships were with my boyfriend's friends, like in college. And I mean, it was ridiculous the amount of flirting that I did with his <laughs> friends and they yeah. did with me. And I mean, touching even and whatever, because we're young and there was more of that. Like it wouldn't be appropriate now, but like in college, it totally like anything went. He I wasn't was jealous. Drama. There was a lot of yeah. handsy, crazy, yes. you know, flirty, you know, sort of. Yeah. And I lived in like a real world house with guys and girls. And we were, I mean, I was in a relationship, um, but I was friends with all the other guys in the house and likewise. And yes, there was a ton of that sexual tension with everyone that came in and out of that house. It was just kind of inherent and known, but nobody was threatened or cared. It didn't seem to really, you know, cross any lines or, or break up, you know, any friendships or relationships or anything. It was just part of it. And then like in my adult, adult life, um, kind of the same way. I mean, my, my male friends up until the time of divorce were my friend's husbands. I mean, that's who I was around, you know, and then coworkers, 
you know, and those were some of my best friends still are through the years. And most of my male coworker friends are married. So that almost makes in some ways the friendship safer. You know what I mean? Because I, I know that they love and respect their wives. So they're never going to cross a line and I would never do that either. So it's almost easier to be friends. I I think it, it really comes down to respect and understanding yourself well enough. I mean, this does put a little bit of onus on the individual to understand that if they are, a, think they're abusing someone and their, their trust, their friendship, their heartstrings, they should be aware of that. But then there's also on you as the individual, if that's happening to you and it's too hard, um, you're going to have to shit or get off the pot. I'm sorry, but you're going right. to have to either say, listen, this is where I really am. I'm sorry. It's going to, it might mess up our friendship, but are we going to take this further or go? I can't do this. You know, I've been in that situation as well. This is too hard. Um, I, I love you as a friend, but I might like you as more than that. And, and it's not working. So um, I think if you're both okay with continuing the status quo and nobody's getting hurt, then, then there's a lot of fun in that. I completely agree. I Although, totally agree. Yeah. That's friend zone look out we talked a little bit about this off screen or off- <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i definitely am guilty of putting a lot of my male friends in the friend zone did this a lot in high school you know with my because i had a boyfriend and so like anyone else who approached me it was a very clear line in the sand yeah. you're in the friend zone you know um and then really as i've kind of been on this you know, path for the last whatever couple of years now, but especially since I've been so active in networking with singles and going out a lot and all of that, I've kind of done the same thing. I've like drawn this line in the sand that I'm like, we are friends and this is the part of my life that that we fit into. And then my dating life is like mysterious and over here and kind of non-existent <laughs> a lot of the time, which is totally true. Like, yeah. Well, this this happened to me, I think, a lot more in uh, in college and maybe uh, sh- shortly after. I'm I'm sure it's happened off and on throughout, but th- that's where I think of a lot. So, some people that I was close with, I was always pretty smitten with. I always hoped things would go further, and we'd spend a lot of time together, mm-hmm. uh, and we would share and, and support each other and have laughs and stuff. But there was always that, ah, oh, man, why can't we go further? This must be working better for her than it is for me. <laughs> Yeah. I think I think the friend zone almost always applies to men. And I think that's why my female friend wanted me to do this episode so bad, because this was her train of thought. Like she's had that happen a lot where and in fact, this friend of mine has a couple of great stories where she did take things in a in a romantic relationship. And it was in college with a couple of friends actually two of my close friends have had this happen and it did ruin the friendship. It fucked everything up, you know, Um, from that other person's perspective. And I I have seen it go the other way. I've been uh, mm -hmm. in a situation where, you know, in situations where it it was the woman that was probably more into me than I was into her Mm -hmm. in that way. Uh, But we were good friends, but you know, it can be a situation where it's going to blow up anyway. You know, if you don't True. pursue or, or kick the tires on the romantic angle, um, how long is this going to go on before the other person sort of implodes or says, I can't handle this? Um, and it's not fair to them either. So, yeah, you know, go as long as you can, as long as you're both <laughs> enjoying the friend thing. But keep right. it, yeah, that it, I mean, it is a factor. It can add, I'm not going to call it poison, but it can add a difficult angle to the relationship that will derail it one way or the other. It's going to, it's going to move in a different track, right? You're either right. or you're going to try the romantic thing. 
You know, and maybe you come back after that. Some people have recovered from that. They're like, yeah, we tried that. We were no good. Yeah, I I believe that can happen, too. Yeah, exactly. Especially if it if they do try to do the friends with benefits thing or something, it's like, yeah, yeah, no, it didn't work. You know, it's one drunken night or or whatever, (laughs) which I don't know if that's a whole different episode or not do you want to talk to the friends with benefits or save it for a different I think we should save it for yeah. uh, another day it, it is a whole can of worms slash goodness uh i totally agree <laughs> i totally agree that's a great one so have we have we come to any conclusions i think that you summarized it really well in our outline and um you spoke to it kind of early on in the podcast too well, just about- just i mean mm-hmm. I think that it there's very possible that there could be a, a a sexual romantic angle in a lot of friendships that that we either know or don't acknowledge, but that's not necessarily a problem. You, you it's situational, right. you know, and so in some cases it may actually add, like you said, to the friendship. It may add a certain I don't know spice or or angle um, that. It gives you a new perspective and makes it fun, but it's not dangerous. It's not hard on someone's feelings, et cetera. Manipulative yeah, or malicious. Or like, a third party that's somehow involved, you know. Yeah. And I think it's played out again. I watch a lot of romantic comedies and I think that that plot line is played out a lot. It's usually the woman is like playing coy with a guy that's just totally head over heels for her and she totally abuses him and uses him for whatever she can get emotional support yeah. and whatever. And then at the end of the day, she breaks his heart because he's not the guy for her. And then sometimes it works its way back around and he becomes the love of her life. And then sometimes she's, you know, goes off. He's and the villain the... now. Right. <laughs> yeah. The villain in the movie. We right. couldn't be like, right. oh, well, she was just a person and she might have been a little flawed like all of us but uh yeah <laughs> yeah or the villain is the you know super handsome stud jock that yep. comes out of nowhere that steals her heart and he's an asshole and then she either figures it out or she doesn't right yep. yeah well that, that sounds like you had another episode it sounds like you have maybe more material left here. <laughs> Which is such a good thing because like we talked however many episodes. (laughs) I know. I mean, really, when it comes to relationships, can we ever run out of stuff to talk about? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't we've got friends with benefits. We wanted to talk about you term it for me, the poly thing. I'm I'm still exploring the terminology. I think I came across a term the other day, uh poly solo or something like that. But uh just this idea that um, monogamy in, in its various forms, or especially traditionally, is not the only way to approach life. And, and a lot of us, uh, like so many social paradigms, just sort of feel like it is. It has to be. This is the only way you can live life. And if you do anything different, anything non-traditional, nobody gets it. It's wrong. It's evil. It's uh, weird. Whatever. So I think right. there are different approaches. And Friends with Benefits is one. There's There's mm-hmm. just a lot of things I think we could... Uh, talk about and I'm sure come to so many understandings. Right. <laughs> we'll or, agree with it suddenly. <laughs> or at least like we'll all learn something new. Yeah, right. Because yeah, totally. Well, we'll do our research and we'll come back with that. Sounds good. Poly solo, poly amorous, poly whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for spending some time with me recording this evening, talking about a very important subject because I, like you, really do value my friendships and relationships with the opposite sex. I think that, you know, those relationships add so much to my life, um, even if it's not sex. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank <laughs> you for having me on. Thanks, Eric. I don't know what your biggest takeaway is from this conversation between Eric and me, but I think 
one of my favorite points that Eric made was, does it even matter if there is underlying sexual tension between men and women in a friendship? Isn't that what makes it kind of fun and interesting and different than some of your other friendships? I think I like that. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to episode 42. I'll have what they're having. Can men and women be friends? If you are enjoying the show, please consider giving me a rating on Apple or Spotify. Click five stars if you're enjoying. And please do share the podcast with your friends. Send the link to someone new today to help spread a little more joy and happiness to more singles like us. And up next, episode 43. I gotta have faith 